0: Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney episode 137 Disney depression get through it. My name is Pete and joining me tonight is Tom. What's up Pete? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop and men, let's do Disney. All right, so Disney depression is our, is our topic for tonight, and we, we are recording this a bit early because Tom is actually at, at Disney when this episode comes out, or, or just at Disney when this episode comes out. So his Disney depression will be over, but we're going to talk about how you, uh, how you deal with the, the depression that sets in really as soon as you leave the parks for the last time and head for home until the next time you get down to Disney World. I, I know that for me, this has been a long time. It's been a year since I've been down to the parks last, and uh, so my Disney depression is, uh, is at an all-time high right now. I can't wait to get down there next month.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, this is something that no matter how often you go to Disney, you always have the Disney depression. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you walk out of the Magic Kingdom or any other park, for that matter, I get slightly depressed even on my trip when it's the last visit to each park. You know, when I walk out for the last time of that trip. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. What do we do to uh, to get through it? And, uh, yeah, before that, I, I know we need to, you know, do the news probably.
0: We'll hit the news uh, and uh, and then get started on it. So let's let's go to the news real quick.
1: Just a couple of things that I
0: do want to hit on. First off, the new park hours do go into effect on September 8th. So don't forget about that. Park hours are changing. That's where we are on that. Going along with that kind of uh, select resort hotel restaurants and shops are extending their hours for the Labor Day weekend. They're going to be open a little bit earlier and and stay open a little bit later. Disney has, it looks like, extended their flexible cancellation policy for hotels through December 31st. This was... Uh, available through October 3rd. Really what this means is that you can cancel hotel reservations until the date of check-in. So we're, we're kind of looking at utilizing this, possibly depending on some uh, DVC availability for our upcoming trip. And then finally, on the 22nd, which was Saturday, Rise of the Resistance did not open until 2 o'clock. Now this is part of the ongoing problems that they have had Due to the lightning strike, Tom was down there and actually was at Hollywood Studios, did not get to ride Rise of the Resistance on Saturday because of this. They started taking guests shortly after the 2 p.m. boarding group giveaway or distribution was, was set to begin. So about 2.05, 2.10 is when they started taking boarding groups. He and his wife had a dinner reservation, so we're not able to stay. Eager to see if this uh, if this continues to happen, I tell you what, I'm going to be pretty upset if we get down there and uh, something like this happens to our trip or on our trip. I know this is not entirely within Disney's control. They are having some ongoing problems with the uh, with the ride, but hopefully they'll get them resolved uh, in the coming days. That's really all the news that we have for this week. So with that, we'll pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers.
2: So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun, but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. A Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today.
0: Okay, Disney Depression. Let's talk about how we deal with it. And and for those of you keeping score, again, we are recording this a bit early because tom will have been at disney when we normally recorded it so his disney depression is is just going to be setting back in when this uh, when this releases if you do want a recap of tom's trip make sure you check out our patreon we're going to be putting a, a recap on there i'm sure we'll drop some uh some hot juicy tidbits into the uh in the podcast as we go along but uh if you do want a full recap of what the trip was like Make sure you check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash men WDW. So how do we, uh, how do we deal with Disney depression? And, and I mean, for me, this starts, really, it starts the morning that I wake up on the last day. You know, you're packing up your bag, getting ready, because typically what I'll do is the last day, I'll still go to a park. You know, I'm not typically getting up that morning and leaving, typically. That's not to say I've never done it before, but typically I'm packing up my bag, I'm checking my bag at, at the, uh, whether it's magical Express or uh, or whether it's just the the concierge I'm checking my bag in and I'm going to the parks for for one last hurrah
1: yeah I think that's a you know a good way to put it I, I've had to do it both ways recently where I stay all day and I fly home at night or I wake up and drive in the morning i it is a, a pretty lengthy drive for me so it, it doesn't make a ton of sense especially when I was buying you know a, a single day ticket it didn't make a lot of sense to buy a ticket and, and leave the park at 11 a.m with the annual pass, I do have that flexibility. Obviously, now with the hours all messed up, uh, I would say the last day of your trip, you probably need to go to Animal Kingdom or or Magic Kingdom simply because they open the earliest. If you are trying to get out and get on the road, but I'm with I'm like you, Pete. My depression sets in unfortunately the middle of the trip usually. So, you know, I can use an example. In December, we went for I think seven days, so we had multiple days in each park, maybe six, six days, I think. And the last time you leave, like Animal Kingdom, for example, I mean, it's just kind of sad. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to come back here. Now, my wife and I did pop over on that trip for Satouli Canteen at lunch. But other than that, you kind of start to get depressed. And then the worst is packing up the bag. And and I don't know about you guys listening or you, Pete, but going to Disney is always the quickest three days or four days or two days, however long I'm there. It's the quickest amount of time possible. And we spend a lot of time. Trying to uh, digest Disney information and stay inside of the the magic, I think this episode idea first started for us when uh, you know when Disney shut when Disney closed because we had m- multiple trips planned. I, I was there late February. I was there just two weeks before it closed, and we were pretty depressed because look, we had taken vacation from work, we had the hotels, the fast passes, everything that went into planning a trip lined up at that point. And to see it just wiped away like that, uh, while we understand it, it was it was kind of depressing. So we, we thought about this episode and we've talked to some of our listeners who think, you know, they often have to navigate this too. Disney depression, what do you do? How do you get through it when you're at home and not in the parks? And that's kind of the list we're going to go through, just different things. I'll probably even plug some some different folks. Like if we talk about YouTube, I'll, I'll plug some folks that I think are pretty good that aren't affiliated with our podcast at all and we don't know them personally.
0: Absolutely. And, and you made a good point there. When you leave the park for the last time, my my trips historically have been, you know, one day in each park and done. I know that when we started this podcast, we were very adamantly anti-park hopping. You don't need to park hop. Go stay in a park for one day. We've since backed off on that and, and we enjoy park hopping. But unfortunately, that's not a reality anymore. So your trips now are going to be one and done. You're gonna go unless you're going for six, seven, eight, nine days. You're gonna go to Animal Kingdom once. You're gonna go to Magic Kingdom once. So really, your day in the park is is it. So I mean, that's kind of depressing. A depressing thought right there, right? That hey, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Magic Kingdom on Thursday, and that's it. We're not gonna be able to go back after Epcot or after Animal Kingdom or whatever.
1: Magic Kingdom is probably the one that gets to me the most, and it really used to get to me when there was a fireworks show like the fireworks already hit you in all the feels and then you're walking out of and you're walking down main street and you see the kiss goodnight and that's the end of your your end of your maybe not trip but maybe the last time in magic kingdom and for some reason that one has always gotten to me dude like I, the other parks I definitely like if I had to rank them I'm probably most sad leaving magic kingdom and most indifferent leaving animal kingdom
0: because there's no show to to see you off. I mean, you're certainly not going to Rivers of Light, especially not anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know if it's just Animal Kingdom doesn't quite feel like the Disney bubble like Magic Kingdom does. Yeah, it's, I get that. It's uh, um, you know, Epcot usually staying until the staying until the fireworks show, whether we watch it or not, is remains to be seen. We a lot of times we do kind of do the attractions then, and then Hollywood Studios. I watch Galactic Spectacular every time I'm there, if not mm-hmm. Fantasmic. And that really hits you in the feels. I mean, walking out of Fantasmic and there's like 30 minutes left of the park open, that's pretty depressing too.
0: All right, let's get to some of the things that we do to combat this. And and I can tell you, the number one thing that I do when I leave Disney is immediately start planning when I can, when I can go back again, right? I mean, I, I get on and start planning another trip. This doesn't hold me over near as much as it used to, just because so much planning is really gone at this point you know if you want to talk about dining reservations you're not able to make dining reservations 120 days out anymore so that was something that i would do fast passes you're not able to make fast passes 60 i mean there's no fast passes right now so that's something that i would do a lot of that stuff is gone so the the planning is out but i mean i i still definitely look for the next time that i can get down to the parks i think that's that's the number one thing that i can do to combat the disney depression is say hey It's fine. I'm going to be back in, for me, six months, for Tom, three days sometimes.
1: So He says that kind of jokingly. There have been times where it really has been like a three-day turnaround. I can think of a a work trip down there. I uh, flew back on like a Thursday and drove back down on a Friday or something crazy like that. But no, I, I think planning your future trip definitely adds to the excitement and kind of keeps you in into Disney. And there's a lot of other things that go along with planning your trip that we're going to talk about because if you're going to plan a trip, you want to plan the best trip possible. And there are outlets where you can maybe get tips and tricks on how to do that. Right now you you kind of get your reservation and you wait. Now we are working diligently for our September trip on Ogas pretty primarily. And and then different dining places, you know, we're kind of like, all right, if the parks are going to close at seven, let's, let's go eat a really nice dinner somewhere. Let's find some restaurants we've never been to and try it out. So, that planning is still fun because Pete and I are, are both constantly trying to get different times for reservations. Even Oga's twice in a day, I think uh, one of the days we're there. But mm-hmm. I, this is definitely a way to get through the Disney depression. I, you know, I often have a countdown going. Right now, I have a countdown going. That's a fun way as you're planning your trip to kind of throw a Disney tidbit out every day to uh, the group you're going with, or if you're going solo for yourself. I mean, give yourself a countdown. Do something at the house where you can, you know, mark off a calendar. Um, so planning future trips definitely definitely is one of them I, the thing that I probably do the most and this goes into planning trips because i I learn from these I watch a lot of Disney YouTube like it like a an, a an obnoxious amount of Disney YouTube if I can find someone that has content that is one that's good with the camera because it it kind it can be kind of sickening if someone's bouncing the camera all around they have to kind of know what they're doing there and then just do things that are interesting in the parks, and for me, it's pretty easy. Just go to the parks and show stuff. Yeah, you know, if, if it's, you it's nice ride, to get that perspective. Yeah, exactly. You know, right now, this this obviously is being filmed a touch early, or, or filmed recorded a little bit early to me going to to Disney World. But one thing I've been interested in is what is open. What and these podcasters, I'll, I'll list a couple that I or not podcasters, YouTubers that I I watch have have kind of. Given me a layout so I know what to expect. And then with my wife, I can tell her, hey, I know this is open. No, that's not open. Do you still think it's worth going? You know, things of that nature. Uh, Tim Tracker is probably the number one that I watch. And then Mickey Views is another good one. And one I've gotten into recently is paging Mr. Morrow, I think is what his account mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those three put out content pretty regularly. That's another key, key point. And then DSNY Newscast does a lot of uh, speculation on construction and what's going to go on at Disney. But those four, I guess, put out uh regular content. They're in the parks a lot. Uh they're in resorts a lot and they just seem to they seem to film interesting things to me.
0: Yeah, there's there's a there's a ton of this out there and and for those of us, me being one of them, that aren't as fortunate as Tom to be able to go down the parks as much as uh, as much as he does particularly Watching these YouTube videos and, and watching these folks in the parks, you know, really on a daily basis on some of them, really helps you get a perspective of what's going on in the parks at that, at that time. Because I can tell you, you know, if, if, you've, if it's been a year since you've been to Disney, especially in the, in the current environment, but anytime if it's been a year since you've been to Disney, a lot has changed. You know, the crowd levels have changed. Like Tom said, what's open has changed. What's worth doing has changed. Just random you know random performances, random characters, that kind of stuff that you you know you you don't know about unless you're watching these guys and and they see it so you know especially if you're not someone that gets down to the parks a lot, it's definitely worth just just catching up hey what what is the state of the parks right now, and these YouTube videos are a great way to do it so another another thing that you guys are already doing that we use to combat disney depression and Part of the reason that uh, that you're listening to us right now is Disney podcasts. I-, I think that we really got started in the Disney podcast directly because of our Disney depression. We had We had just gone down to Disney. and Tom, I think we talked every day for at least an hour about our Disney trip and and we realized in talking to Matt. It's nothing for us to get on and, and talk about this stuff every week for an hour because we're doing it anyway. We might as well put it out there and see if anybody else finds it interesting. I think that's how a lot of people get started, right? They just – they constantly like talking about Disney, and, and so here we are.
1: Yeah, that's a, that, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, Pete's wife made a joke to us like, look, you guys are on the phone all day talking about this. Why don't you do something productive? Like do a podcast. Maybe someone else is thinking the same thing you're thinking. And to, and and then on top of that, I don't know how you guys are, but the older you get, it's harder to stay in touch with your friends and, and connected. We, we're we fortunate. We get once a week where we all hop on Skype and we record an episode and then there's probably 10 or 20 minutes where we're messing around and just catching up with each other. Uh, but it's it's been nice. And then on the flip side, as I mentioned, watching a lot of YouTube, I'm not traveling as much right now, but when I travel a lot, I'm listening to a ton of Disney podcast information. Because again... We're a podcast. We're out of state. We're not in the parks every day. So we offer what we feel is a unique perspective and a perspective that most people probably fall into our category. But the other ones, they're in the park a lot. And so we can, we can pick up what's going on. And from a, if you're not a YouTuber or you're on the road, a podcast is a really good way to do that. And for that hour or 45 minutes, what, what we think is a podcast just takes you away from the real world. You just kind of, you're talking Disney, you're talking sport, whatever podcast you like. But for us, uh, Disney podcasts are a huge part of getting through that Disney depression. You know, kind of along the same lines of that.
0: I was just going to throw a couple out there that I know that we listen to. Uh, I don't the Diz is Diz Unplugged is kind of the granddaddy of us all, and and WW Radio. You know, Lou Mangiello does a great job. And then, really, what what was the other one? Um,
1: we listened to Two Men and a Mouse at one point, and we listened to. Um, What was the other podcast? Mouse Chat? Yes, Mouse Chat. And see, there's a lot of podcasts that wouldn't mention other ones, but we're not like that. We want you guys to uh, enjoy our podcast and enjoy others' podcasts. We all offer different perspective and talk about different things. But those are probably some of the the ones that we more regularly would listen to, uh, aside from our own podcast, which is kind of funny to hear your own voice. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I think – you know, the other thing that kind of goes with podcasts to me, a lot of the YouTubers, a lot of the podcasters do have social media accounts, whether that be Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, and they also have, you know, blogs and and research items. DF Is it DFB Food Blog? Yeah, D- Disney Food Disney Blog. Disney Food Blog, yep. Is, is probably the best one out there as far as social media and blogs are concerned, in my opinion. I learn a ton. They have YouTube videos. They have things you can read online. No matter how you want to consume your Disney information – they kind of have a platform for it,
0: and i I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of information from from the Diz, from WDW Info. Their forums are a great source of information. You know they have they have cast members that uh, that do post on there pretty regularly. Uh, they they do get an inside track on some information. Um, Walt Disney World News Today is another is another kind of website that uh, that I frequent. They're a little bit more speculative, I guess, and as a result, there are some in the Disney community that, you know, think less of them. But I think they're a great source of information, and you know, a lot of times they're right.
1: So, what else do we do? I I can speak of one thing I do quite regularly, almost almost every time. I it, I tell a, f- a funny story actually. So it's Disney music. This is something that helps get through the depression. And my wife was kind of on the fence about going back to Disney or not going back to Disney. And we finally booked a trip. And this was very recently. And then she, she was like, hey, I'm going to go clean. She was cleaning the bathrooms or something at the house. And what do I hear? Blaring music. She has Disney music blaring. And I, I actually were, hop, we were hopping on to do the podcast, Pete. And I said, if we, were, if we were curious, if my wife wants to go back to Disney, she's now blaring Disney music in excitement. So Disney, we have, we have Disney records. We have you know Spotify. We play a lot of Disney music almost every time I shower. I, I usually have some sort of Disney playlist on, uh, and I I don't know Disney music, especially after a bad day. Like di- there's some there's some songs that that Disney can just kind of make you feel better, make you smile, and it takes you back to being in the Disney parks.
0: And with me having a little girl, I mean, I listen to a lot of Disney music anyway. So so this definitely helps. We watch a lot of uh, we watch a lot of Disney YouTube videos, you know, just music from the from the movies or music from the parks or, or whatever. We we do a lot of that. The music not only helps with the depression, the music really helps set the uh, set the tone too. Tom, I, I'm thinking of, and I can't remember what trip it was. One of our trips at this point, you picked me up at the airport with with Disney music blaring. Really, really got it off on the right foot.
1: It was either it was either I mean it, it was it was the trip we were going to the villains' night and I think I, it, I had Grim Grinning Ghost blaring. was it Grim
0: Grinning Ghost Yeah that's what I thought that's what I thought
1: and, and I kind of toyed between multiple songs and I was like you know what this kind of fits haunted mansion we're, we're going to Disney we're going to Magic Kingdom for the villains' night probably look like an idiot at the airport with it blaring but eh. yeah whatever a, a lot of people <laughs> that fly, in, <laughs> fly into flying to that airport in Orlando are going to Disney or Universal
0: you're, you're a grown man going to Disney. I mean, if you're worried about, if you're worried about what people think of you, uh, probably should, should think about that. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I agree. Disney music is, uh, Disney music is a great way, especially if you're, if you just need to get in that Disney mood and you're not really doing anything or maybe you're cleaning or whatever, throw on the Disney park music. It really, it really takes you there. You know, throw on the, uh, Main Street Loop, or the Epcot Music Loop, you know something like that. It really, it really puts you in that state of mind. So something else that uh, that we've done, and and I'm going to speak specifically to a uh, to a Fourth of July that we had. But this is not the only example. Making Disney food and drinks at home, and and to tell the to tell the Fourth of July story, we had a Fourth of July store uh, Fourth of July one year where we decided. We were gonna cre- recreate Epcot at home, and everybody out there was gonna make a unique food or drink item that represented a country, and and then we were gonna have the World Showcase at home, and, and it worked out really well. We bought a bunch of flags. We bought a flag for each country. We flew the flag. We had somebody make uh, make a playlist of music from each country, and and we just we just did World Showcase. Over the Fourth of July at home,
1: this is probably one of my favorite Fourth of July celebrations. It's probably the, it's the most jovial we've all all been for a Fourth of July, especially compared to this last one. But I I just kind of I mean it, it was fun because we had these little mini flags and 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 then we had people there who had been to Epcot and maybe not tried it or you know just it was each person's individual take on a country. Uh, obviously, Pete, I think if I remember correctly, you made the blood orange margaritas and you made. The Tipsy, tipsy Ducks in
0: Love, love. correct? Yep.
1: And we somehow scrounged up Aquavit. I don't remember how we found Aquavit. <laughs> we had the Fell from Germany. We had Aquavit. We had you know nice. Uh, uh, we had American beers, obviously for American adventure. I think we no, we did the Red Stag lemonade as well.
0: Did the Red Stag le- frozen Red Stag? Le- I think your wife made that.
1: Yep. So we we, we really did it up well. Uh, we had Car Bombs, which I, I'm sure uh people that. Listen to us from the United Kingdom. Probably hate that we reference car bombs with the UK, <laughs> but we do. Uh, we probably had something miserable from Canada, but hey, it's we had Crown Royal. I think is what we did for Canada. But anyway, mm-hmm. it was a it, it was a fun it was a fun way to to celebrate the Fourth of July and to celebrate uh, kind of put you in the Disney the Disney mood. On and I've note, done this
0: with I've done this with the drinks from Trader Sam's also. I figured out how to make the oh. I figured out how to make the Mai Tai. So there's all kinds of examples of Disney food and drinks that, that you can bring into the home. And if you look online, there's all kinds of recipes for Disney food. I was looking at one for Tonga Toast the other day.
1: I need to make the Nautilus because I have the cup. I mean, I have the, the ship, the submarine. What is it? Is it a submarine? What is it?
0: It's a submarine. It's the yes. Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea.
1: Now, I have a question, Pete. Didn't you try and make blue or green milk
0: I did it did not work very well
1: you know maybe it didn't work well because it's not very good
0: what I made was not very good but what is in the parks is very good so I'll fight you on that
1: one Th- this is probably an underrated thing that we could spend a lot of time talking about I- I've seen some folks make the uh, cheeseburger pods that they're f- that are found in uh, in Pandora the world of avatar if I could somehow figure out how to make everything from satuli my life would be complete I'd eat satuli canteen at home for every meal but There are a lot of Disney-specific items, and I think to me the drinks kind of pop up the most in my head just because sometimes I go to dinner at Disney and get, you know, a filet and asparagus. That's not very Disney-themed. That's just a filet and asparagus. So this is, uh, you know, we kind of talked about Epcot here. So the other thing I'll mention as something that my wife and I recently did, and I think this is where you're going with this, Pete. We created this whole, like I have this big note in my phone. And it's the countries described by emojis in Epcot, and typically we didn't put the the flag in it because that gives it away. Uh, but I've done it in the parks before, where I've just sent the flag and a checkmark as I kind of move through uh, to my friends. Pete, is that what you were going with with Disney emojis and Epcot? I
0: don't I don't know where who put this on here.
1: So I I don't know who put this on here either. Maybe maybe we're doing an episode that Matt put this out for. But yeah, Disney emojis are. Uh, or kind of a, uh, create your own because Disney does not, th- there's one app you can download and earn Disney emojis. It's not that much fun to play though. And so <laughs> this is something that, uh, that I definitely, my wife and I spent far too much time building this the other day and I've sent it out, I think to Pete, uh, and we just have little random emojis for each country that kind of represent, represent the world showcase at Epcot.
0: Yep. Disney, Disney smells are, are a big, uh, big thing for us.
1: And everyone knows what we're talking about when he says Disney smells. I, there are smells all over Disney. There's a smell to the boardwalk. There's a smell to Main Street. There's a smell to Epcot. There's a smell... Every
0: hotel has to a every
1: hotel smell. There's a smell to Pirates of the Caribbean. There's a smell to yeah, all the world rides. rides at Disney. Mm-hmm. So every- there are
0: a lot of companies out there that have tried with varying degrees of success to recreate these smells. And I mean they're available in... Air fresheners—they're available in wax melts. They're available in candles. I don't think I've seen any perfumes or colognes yet, but I'm You've sure they're coming.
1: Car scents—we've seen car scents.
0: Yeah, car scents.
1: And so these are out there. When Pete, when we first jumped onto the podcast, I think we spent like a ton of time talking about the China bathroom and a ton of time talking about the smell of Pirates of the Caribbean. And I—I I remember thinking, Pete. Like, you're, you're, you're out there, bro. I, I've never thought about this. Well, then I realized there's a true market for it, and everyone raves about Disney smells. So, if you want to make your home smell like the Polynesian, you can try. Magic Candle Company is probably the one I hear about the most. We've talked with some of our uh, listeners through Twitter, and they've given us honest reviews on what's, yeah, smells like it. Nope, doesn't smell like it. So, I can't say one way or the other because I don't have any of these candles at my own home. But I will tell you that people do talk highly, and they speak highly of Magic Candle Company. And so if you want to try a Disney scent or a Disney candle or whatever, that's probably the place I would go to give it a give it a try.
0: And I've bought some, I don't think, from Magic Candle Company. I can't remember who I bought them from. Some were better than others. The, the water ride one didn't really work for me. There's a Haunted Mansion one, which Haunted Mansion really doesn't have a distinct smell, so I wasn't sure how that was going to work anyway. Uh, there was a Soren one that that worked very well. It Smelled like orange groves, so you know that was that was a good one. W- what I really want is a when flight of passage. It's just a clean when you're when you're flying kind of over the water. It's just a very clean, fresh kind of scent. I'd like to find something like that.
1: I know so that's exactly my, what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of my uh, my next find, I guess that I'm that I'm looking for. All right, what, what else do we got? Uh, shopping. I mean, Disney is ubiquitous in our lives, right? There are Disney products available everywhere Amazon, Target, Walmart, what, you name it. They have Disney products. Trust me, I know because my daughter is obsessed with Disney princesses. So we have the Disney princess bedsheet, we have the Disney princess bedspread, we have the Disney princess stickers on the wall, we have the Disney princess playset. There are a ton, a ton of, of things that you can buy that are Disney related. I mean, if you really, if you really want it, you can get on eBay and buy stuff from the parks or Disney sells a lot of stuff from the parks directly on their website.
1: You know, I think Disney shopping has definitely expanded. Historically, you were, you were going to eBay and, and buying stuff through there and now Disney's expanded with Shop Disney uh, if you go into Target, a lot of Target, I don't know if it's all Targets or I know our Target has it. There's like a mini Disney section, you know, for household items like cooking stuff, uh, Mickey and Minnie are everywhere. You can, uh, in the parks, obviously, you know, one thing that I- I've told my wife when we get back, I'm speaking like fu- like future Tom is speaking to today, Tom or something here. I don't know, maybe the other way around. But when we get down to the parks, just simply because our annual passes will expire, in the next few months, I said, "Hey, if there's any Disney merchandise you want, we have a 20% discount now. We need to buy it." You know, we'll go to the world of Disney and and we spend a lot of time in the store. A lot of times, don't buy things, but Disney shopping. Uh, if you're not going to Disney and you're online or you're at home, this is a way to continue to stay out of the depression.
0: The the Disney stores have for the most part gone away and shut down, but the Disney stores were a great way to f- you know feel like you were in that Disney bubble. Because, I mean, these were real Disney cast members working at these stores, right? I mean, they were – yeah, they were employees of the Disney store, but they were trained the Disney way, and they acted like Disney cast members. And so going into a Disney store was really kind of like going into the parks, right? It was an experience.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. So one other thing, and this – I don't know if it fall it doesn't fall under Disney YouTube because it's different. It's kind of similar. Disney Live uh, – I used to plan like – I used to plan my Friday or Saturday or two, whatever night Disney Live was broadcasting. I'd plan my day around it. You know, we, we would try to share it on the podcast or through Twitter whenever we saw it. So what Disney Live was, was an opportunity for Disney to showcase a show uh, through a free platform that was it was live. So oftentimes it was firework. I can remember when Happily Ever After debuted. It was on Disney Live. And they it's kind of a whole segment. They have a host. Uh, they kind of navigate what's what's the new show about. Give us a little bit of story, and then they just they turn the camera to the castle. They turn the camera to the middle of Epcot. You know, Illuminations was on there, and just let let the show do the work. This is something that's not going on currently, but Disney Live was was really cool because it puts you in Disney World at the very moment the show is going on. Now, one thing I could tell you. Well, one, I thought it was cool how many people from all over the world would watch. But two, if you're curious and you're like, hey, I, I've never heard of Disney Live, just go to YouTube, type in Disney Live Fireworks Show, and, and you'll see exactly what I mean. There's a whole segment with it. Uh, it's a whole program. I love doing it. I love seeing this stuff.
0: And and I'll tell you that you can still kind of have this experience, even though the, the shows and the fireworks aren't happening right now, there are enough recorded, you know, if we used to watch Fantasmic a lot, and and we got to the point where, and this is going to sound really sad, we could sync up the Fantasmics so, like, three of us would be watching it at the same time with the video in the exact same spot. Now, now this was before this pandemic where – I mean, that's become a lot more common, I think, where you can, you can share a video with, like, four or five people and have essentially a watch party. I mean, this was before all that. We used to watch Fantasmic a lot.
1: Uh, the like, fireworks like shows are every Friday. Are all on YouTube.
0: Like every Friday, the fireworks shows—they're all on YouTube. The ride videos—they're all on YouTube. I mean, realistically, if you really wanted to, you could set the the heat in your house to about ninety-nine degrees, put on a, a sweatshirt, and um, and get on a treadmill and watch Disney ride videos on YouTube, and pretty much have a, a pretty. Good Disney experience.
1: You know, one thing that I saw a lot of, it during, especially during quarantine, is, and it was typically dads with their daughters, you know, videos where they would turn on maybe Splash Mountain and they put their kid in like a laundry basket and drop them off the table and pick them back up to try and simulate the ride. But yeah, they're, every they're, everything that you want to look at can be found on YouTube as far as firework shows, uh, point of view, POV is what you often see. For different attractions. That's how we know so much about the Pirates the Caribbean in Shanghai. We haven't been, but we've, we've seen almost every angle of that attraction through different videos. Uh, so that's something that I do a lot of. I am one that, I don't know why I do this, but I, I sometimes will watch a ride video before I go. Pete, I think you're probably the same way. I mean, I've seen Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I haven't ridden it yet. Yep. My wife's dead opposite. Like if, if we're watching something on YouTube, and they're won't about to go it. do a. She'll she'll say either fast forward or I'm going to leave the room for a minute. and Let me know when it's done. So she she hadn't seen Rise of Resistance prior to doing it. She hadn't seen Flight of Passage prior to doing it. And she won't. She would not have seen Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway or Mickey and Minnie's Trainwreck, as Pete likes to call it. Um, another thing that that's popular in my house: Disney board games. Whether that's Monopoly, Game of Life, uh, the Disney Villains game, which is a really challenging game to play. They have, uh, you know, Disney deck of cards. We we all have those. I, I think I buy a new deck of cards every time I go. Uh, and then code names, Disney code names is my favorite Disney game currently that we can play at home. Uh, if you if you're not familiar with it, look it up. Look it up. It's a really fun way to play. It's good for all ages. Uh, you can play by pictures. You can play by words. It has all kinds of characters in it. And one thing I will say, I think the pictures and code names are really well done. And then the the art in Disney villains. If you're familiar with the game, is unbelievable. It's absolutely out of this world. It is a, it's a little bit of an expensive game, but the quality of it is through the roof. And you obviously have the classics, Game of Life and Monopoly. I think Disney Clue is another one that I've thought about purchasing before. Uh, it's it's the same game you would have played with Disney.
0: All right. So what we do a lot in my house, and and I'm sure that a lot of you do because it's very affordable, is watch Disney Plus. All the Disney content that you could possibly want is available on Disney+. And there is park-related stuff on here, too. I mean, I'm thinking of the Imagineering story. It really gets you a behind-the-scenes, in-depth look at how a lot of this stuff was created. And how these guys had to invent a lot of the stuff that, that's that's common to us now. There's a ton of Disney content. If you really want to get a Disney fix, I mean, you can binge anything and everything. On Disney Plus,
1: yeah, Disney Plus. Uh, what is it, six ninety nine or seven ninety nine a month? Really affordable. Uh, they do uh, new Disney movies do release here. So Onward is one that that at no additional charge. Now Mulan is coming, and that I think is like a thirty dollar additional charge. Which thirty
0: dollars, correct?
1: I've seen mixed reviews on it. I've seen some people kind of kind of ticked about it, and then I've seen some people say, "Look, I was going to go to the theaters, and I would have spent far more to take my family of four to see this. This isn't that yeah, bad." I'm okay to me.
0: with it. I'm okay with it. I mean, it's a it's a brand new movie. I I'm okay with this with with what they're doing here. Is thirty dollars the right price? Thirty dollars seems a little expensive, maybe. But I mean, I'll probably pay it.
1: Well, I mean, I think they set a precedent with onward where it was no additional charge. Yeah, and then Mulan, yeah. which you know I, I get it. I think I think it's gonna be a really good movie. We'll we'll buy it. I mean, we'll we'll spend thirty bucks to uh, to see it, but. You know, one thing Pete touched on briefly. He obviously he has a, a daughter uh, that's in that age range where she loves watching Disney movies. She knows more about Disney movies than I do, but I'm probably I lean more to like the park specific stuff. So I, I loved the Imagineering story. I loved uh, that puts me back in the park. It helps me understand things. I like the Disney in a Day series, like the little shorts they have. Uh, so you kind of learn about what cast members. There's one recently that came out on Ratatouille. It's fantastic. It's like a six-minute or five-minute deal.
0: You know what they need to have on, on Disney Plus that would make it perfect, right? There's there's one thing that is lacking that needs to be available on Disney Plus, Plus. I mean, and that's the resort TV feed.
1: Okay, so I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think they need that. And then they need that, like the little, you know, it's it's always on one of the Disney channels in your hotel room. It's the lady that goes, there's like the Disney DVD that used to be sent home to you, and it's constantly yep. going through the parks and water parks. I'd watch it. Yep. I'd watch both those all day.
0: I would put the resort feed up on my TV constantly. Like it'd be my screensaver.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So the last thing we have on our list, and I'm sure we could have made a hundred things on this list, going through old pictures, old Disney pictures from, from past trips. And I I know I've been through Pete's house. They have like a Disney section with pictures in it. We, uh, we have a ton of Disney pictures. My, my mom has a ton of Disney pictures. And we, you know, since my wife and I have have had the photo pass, we constantly are going through those and remember, oh, remember this. And remember, we got to do this. And hey, you ran the half marathon. You got to meet this character here. It kind of, it's a way to look back and also hopefully look forward at the same time. So maybe you're looking back on things you did on a past trip in the middle of planning a future trip. You know, all this was really
0: cool. We need to do this again.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know. I, I can I can re- like I like to think I can remember everything from every trip, but I can't. And so going back through pictures kind of helps to remind me of different things we did. Especially
0: if you go three times a month, it's hard to it's hard to remember that sometimes.
1: One one of my biggest regrets is I have now lost count on how many times I've, I've been to Disney, and I I had a, a count for a long time in my life. I was up to like fifteen or something before the annual pass, and I I don't know how I could go back and figure it out. I'm sure there's a way I could figure it out. But not how sure many trips I've done? I, that's one thing I really regret uh, losing count of.
0: All right. Anything else?
1: That's uh, that's it for me. I I um, as this releases, I guess I will not be as depressed anymore because I will have just gone. I'll probably actually be in my worst part of depression because I would have just gone.
0: But you'll have you'll have less than three weeks until you go back. So not that's that right. Not that big of a concern. Um, yeah. It's look. This is how we deal with our Disney depression, right? By by putting this podcast out every week. It uh, it it really does kind of keep that keep that magic uh, alive for us uh, be- between trips down there.
1: Well, well, now it's it's really two podcast episodes a week because we have the Patreon that releases every week too. We're but, up to there. You go an episode a week there, so we're we're spending a lot of time talking Disney, which is all, never a bad thing. Never a bad thing at all.
0: There you go. All right. Well, uh, with that, let's go to the uh, trivia question in secret for the week. What do you got?
1: So, seeker of the night, did you know there used to be a AAA lounge behind the Carousel of Progress? Well, there are lounges all across the Disney parks for corporate sponsors, private events, and DVC members. Some of these uh, have included lounges near Mission Space, above Test Track, etc. Uh, and then, obviously, the Imagination Pavilion has a DVC lounge. But there actually was a AAA VIP lounge next to the Carousel of Progress for people who booked their trip through AAA. Guests would get a voucher that gave them admission to the lounge. And they had access to soft drinks, air conditioning, and couches. So that's uh, those lounges. I always think it's neat where they are. Uh, they, and they don't offer like the DVC when we we've been fortunate enough to go in a couple times. It's not. It doesn't blow you away with the offering, but it is a nice place to get some AC and sit down for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it's in a good location too. Absolutely. The the closer you can get to uh, to riding Journey to Imagination, the better. So you're right there. You can <laughs> you can jump right on. So trivia question last week was: When facing the totem poles in Canada, which one is real? I mentioned there are three of them, and I asked you to tell me, is the one on the left real, the one in the middle real, or the one on the right real? So uh, there are three totem poles on show in the Canada Pavilion. Only the one on the left is real, though. It was carved by an Indian carver, uh, and it weighs some 700 pounds. The other two totem poles are made of pieces of fiberglass stacked on top of each other. So next time you go to the Canada Pavilion, maybe uh, see if you can tell just by looking that the one on the left is the only one that's real. Going to the trivia question for this week. What year did Sunny Eclipse start performing in the Magic Kingdom? So obviously I'm talking about Sunny Eclipse at Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe. He's been on the stage a number of years. What year did he start performing? You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at Mendoowdw at gmail.com.
0: All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. Also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at menduwdw@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.